Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast, where we talk about friendship, fun times, and most importantly, flesh and blood. Here are your hosts, Taylor and Isaac. Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to our podcast. What's up, Isaac? Well, we're just about to sit down for a very nice chat with Tommy Fresh from Fresh and Buds. Totally. Uh, Great podcast. Great bud. Um, If you haven't listened to the Fresh and Buds podcast, I urge you to do so. Uh, It's very good. And if you were hoping it has to do with weed stuff, it does not. It's just about flesh and blood and friendship. Yep, just a fresh guy and a bunch of buds. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is that's so catchy about the way Tommy Fresh says buds and uses it throughout the podcast and stuff. And it's a, you know, they had their Airbnb buds house, you know. It's just funny that it, it's just great. He is very good at naming uh, many things in the same vein, you know, or the same theme. Um, totally. But yeah, seriously, uh, I can't really speak highly enough about Fresh and Buds. Like, Tommy Fresh is uh, just very enthusiastic and very positive about this game, but not in like a superficial, um, you know, showman way. Mm -hmm. He's like Mm -hmm. just a generally, genuinely and generally very, um, (laughs) you know, like kind and excited, you know, flesh and blood player. He also brings a lot to the community, um, you know, on the content creator side and the, you know, like virtual spaces like Discord and Twitter and all that. And it's just like a real asset to this community. So um, check out his podcast if you have not yet. Follow him, you know, give him a high five when you see him. He's he's the man. Yeah, he's great. And uh, we're going to link his Twitter profile in the show notes. And then he's got in his Twitter profile is Linktree. So uh, we're promoting being in flesh and blood Twitter. Uh, I'll probably just put a show in there too. If you want to stay out of the Twitter, Twitter sphere, that's totally fine as well. So that'll be in the show notes. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, go ahead. News. The pro tour happened. We did a reaction step on it, talked about it extensively and gave our takes. Totally. Check out the Attack Action Podcast YouTube page and you will know all of the things about us. Last (laughs) thing. Or on to shout outs or something. I don't know. Um, Thank you to everyone who submitted or is going to submit in the next 24 hours. um, Your uh, Welcome to Wraith or Wraith themed um, radio commercial spot. Um, They have been excellent and so enjoyable totally uh so that'll air the winners the winner singular their uh commercial will air on this podcast partway through the interview so you have that to look forward to and then a lot of them have been so good that later uh in the podcast feed i'm gonna just stitch them all together and you can listen to the all the entries uh, back to back um, in like one master 
supercut. So uh, you have that to look forward to uh, also. So you get your 30 seconds of fame, but you're not all uh, winners. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it <laughs> that might, way. We might splash <laughs> them into future episodes too, you know. It's yeah, just totally. a, a real joy. Think, yeah, it's been a great contest, and I appreciate all the hard work everybody has done for that. And thank you for supporting us. It means a lot. Uh, anything else before we get out of here and uh, hang out with Tommy Fresh? ProQuest Season 2 is currently happening. Same meta. <laughs> Sorry. Great announcement. Sorry. That was a joke. <laughs> Same meta. Um, cool. Well, after this, uh, the next episode you guys should hear us on is a completion of our draft series. We're going into part two where we do a much bigger deep dive. So you have that to look forward to at the beginning of June. Uh, and yep, appreciate everybody. And we thank you all. And here's Tommy Fresh, Thomas Fresh to his close, close dear friends. Enjoy. All right. And here we are with Thomas Fresh. How are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Happy to be here. How are you guys doing? Uh, a few people use my full name, Thomas uh, Fresh, uh, my my given <laughs> well, name. <laughs> yeah, only your friends, right? That's how close we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. We're doing great. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, both me and Isaac have been on your podcast, and uh, it has taken us uh, a bit here to get you on, but here you are, ready to go, all the way from New Jersey, America. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here, here in Jersey, it's great. You know, thank you so much. Um, I do want to thank you guys for having me on. I did. This is actually very exciting for me. You guys are. Uh, guys i've looked up to since i started and uh you know it was awesome that you came on taylor and and obviously you too isaac and it's just like oh wow we're getting we're getting the whole gang together it just feels amazing right now thanks man that's awesome (laughs) um seriously though we because we just make a bi-monthly podcast uh it just takes forever to get like you've been at the top of the list for a while but then it's like there's the pro tour and we do an episode about draft or what, you know, and then it's just like months roll by, unfortunately, but we're very happy to have you here. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, I think it was like months in between you and and Taylor being on, on my podcast. So, you know, yep. scheduling stuff, scheduling is tough, but happy to be here. Totally. So once uh, LSS starts sponsoring podcasts and we can just live that, you know, content creator only <laughs> lifestyle, you're only getting two a month out of us, everybody. <laughs> I think we're going to have to wait on that one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, so uh, if you all just skipped ahead to uh, this part of the episode, um, Thomas Fresh here is the host of the Fresh and Buds podcast, which you can find on all podcast platforms. Uh, so how about you give us your uh backstory start as as far back as you want me and isaac play lots of D, so we love a rich backstory which rich history spoilers well maybe not spoilers 
Uh, me and Isaac just played D and D this last weekend, and I have a very I don't know why I'm telling this. I just feel inspired because I was excited. <laughs> I have a very mysterious character and uh, some real intense game stuff happened. And I felt the need that my character would divulge their very shadowed past to the party. <laughs> um, and it was a big well, one for me. So I don't. I don't Pressure's know how on. shadowed. I don't know how shadowed my past <laughs> is. Uh, I mean, there are some things I won't go into. That was uh, a weird legal reason. <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I guess it goes far back as like high school for me. I started playing TCGs. Um, I played uh, a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh back then with some friends, and then I I told myself, well, I told myself and my friends, I, I said, I hate this game. I'm going to go find something else. <laughs> and and I, I found Magic the Gathering. And Magic uh, at the time was really exciting. And, and I really fell in love with it. I played a lot of it for many, many years, both uh, casually and competitively. I never really got into the commander scene. It's not really uh, my vibe necessarily. I never... Maybe I just didn't find the right group. You know, you mentioned D&D. I think uh, Commander can be a lot like D&D that you need a good group of folks playing. And I just never, never found that. But so I played a lot of magic through the end of high school and into college. And as, as I was getting into college, a lot of my friends that I played with kind of stopped. But I kept playing. But I, I started moving into the the online space like magic online magic arena and it it serves a purpose because I, I know that you guys love drafting i love drafting it's like one of my favorite ways to play magic and and flesh and blood and it was super easy to just jam drafts on an online client which was super cool but you know and that it kind of started to lose its luster in the COVID years, right? You know, this is already flashing forward a couple of years, but we got into COVID and I think I was just playing so much because we had so much time and we were inside so much that I kind of stopped loving it and I was just playing it to waste time. And I would, I would find myself just kind of losing focus, like, which was weird uh, to like lose focus in the middle of a game. And, and, and then I kind of realized that, I think I missed that in-person stuff and at the, kind of at the same time, flesh and blood announced their organized play, which was super exciting. I think a lot of people got into the game around then. I think it was like, I don't know, um, maybe two months before tales got uh, released. I think it was like end of July. So when I heard that, I watched a couple of videos. Um, LSV did a couple of videos on channel fireball. I watched them. Cause I always listened to limited resources. That was like one of my favorite uh, magic podcasts. And uh, I went out and bought some blitz decks and I, I bought the, I bought all four of the Monarch ones. I bought Leviathan, Prism, Bolton, <laughs> Chain. Those are and... not easy to learn from. Those are very <laughs> complicated and nuanced heroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that, um, so, you know, as, as many people like, know those, Blitz decks were completely unbalanced to play against each other. Yeah. Like, I, I remember, like, oh, I'm going to try this Prism character. And I was like, oh, this Leviathan character just totally 
just space prison. Why would anybody play this awful, awful hero? And, you know, <laughs> flash forward to the Vegas calling. It's freaking winning. And yeah. I'm like, oh, God, you know, it's just like this. This. I thought this hero sucks. And I still think the hero sucks just to play against. Uh, not... <laughs> but but, you know, I was I was playing around with those. And uh, I think at the time. I was like, wow, this just chain character is really, uh, this chain hero is really strong. And, you know, that turned out to be right. And, you know, because I would, I started looking at content and everybody was talking about chain as the deck to beat and Road to Nats kind of came around. And um, I guess before I even played in Road to Nats, I decided to make the podcast. And the reason was, um, I, I love podcasts. First of all, I think it's like one of the best forms of, of content out there Agreed. in terms of, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys get it, <laughs> but, but uh, it's, it's one of the best ways to, I don't know. It, it feels the most human to me, I guess, because it's so conversation based and you can get information out there, but you can also kind of get a feel for, for people. Yeah. And I knew that I couldn't be the, um, you know, the, at the time I couldn't be the attack action podcast of the world. I couldn't be the Arsenal pass uh, podcast of the world because I just didn't have the knowledge, but I still really wanted to talk about the game. And at the time I, I just didn't have any friends who wanted to play or, or had the time to play. And I would, you know, would be driving around in my car for work. And, and I was like, well, I'm thinking about this game all the time. I might as well just start talking about it. So I just kind of messed around with some ideas and just kind of committed to it. And my first couple episodes were just me talking to myself, which uh, is it was more of a challenge to myself, I think. But uh, it ended up being kind of fun. I still like doing that, though. I, I try to do, um, I guess... Uh, what would he even say a guest most of the time yeah, yeah. buds I try to get the buds on all the time and and um, but the uh, the solo stuff can be kind of fun because you can kind of explore some fun space when you when you're when you're just by yourself but yeah that's uh, that's how I got into fab and, and started doing a podcast yeah I was really impressed when you because I saw you, you started playing and pretty shortly after relatively you started your podcast and kept making episodes and it was just like an impressive you know investment of your time and energy and you just like kept at it continued doing it and you know i listened to all, all your episodes and they were great and it was like wow this is just like hit the ground running know what you want to do and keep doing it you know it was uh it's definitely impressive yeah thank and, you and for me i i mean <clears throat> you know i've like always wanted to do a podcast I've tried to get multiple friends to just do podcasts about stuff, including my wife. I was like, well, maybe we should do like a, a, uh, uh, stormlight archives, like deep dive lore podcast or whatever. And then that was going to be like a little bit too much work, but I ne it never occurred to me that I could do it by myself, you know, and, uh, you do a really good job at that, you know, um, so you're a, you're much braver than either <laughs> me and Isaac are. That's for sure. Well, I, I do appreciate it. And I do want to say that 
it, the reasons for me doing it by myself are, are not as, um, I guess, noble. I, 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 <laughs> I had done a podcast with my, my best friend, my cousin, for, for a couple of years. And really, I did that podcast just as a reason to kind of have a reason to chat once a week because, you know, life kind of got in the way, you know, girlfriends, wives, you know, et cetera. And that's what I wanted to do. But as I'm sure you guys know, scheduling around each other's lives is so tough. And when I, when I sat down, decided to do this flesh and blood podcast, I said to myself, well, first of all, I don't know anybody personally that wants to do this with me. And also if I did, I don't want to be, um, kind of limited to what, uh, like what their life is going on because I knew I was really passionate about it. And I, and before, and you know, I've never written off, uh, the idea of a permanent co-host. I, but I would need to know that they're, they're in it a hundred percent as well. And it's hard to, and and I I wouldn't blame anybody for not wanting to do it. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you guys are very lucky. You know, you guys are both kind of on the same wavelength. I don't think that happens often. Yeah. Um, It has taken us, (laughs) uh, 28 years. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we started at six. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) I'm a little, and and it's not without it's, it's, uh, uh, rocky parts, you know, like, because me and Isaac are such best friends, we're basically brothers, you know? So sometimes mm-hmm. our relationship can be very uh, brotherly. And so anybody who has a sibling who's very close in their age maybe knows what that's about, you know? Um, I also want to say now to the larger community out there, uh, Thomas Fresh is looking for a committed partner <laughs> <laughs> and is available. So if... Uh, you oh, man. <laughs> like I'm his get profile some weird dms <laughs> yeah yeah hit him up oh my god yeah well you know that time hasn't come yet but um you know i, I always told myself i'd just befriend a pro and then they were going to be like i want to do the podcast with you and uh, oh there you hasn't, go hasn't panned out yet but we're working on it um no I'm still rocking solo. Still rocking solo. Nice. That's what you were doing at the pro tour was co-host shopping. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is, I was, I was so CNA. You, who, who can handle the mic for, for like an hour? <laughs> hey, do you have an hour of your time right now? You want to come over and talk to me? Uh, that's pretty great. Um, so I, what's also cool is that your origin story is like, uh, you know, I mean, you started well after we were into the game, but we started seeing, you know, LVS had done like, uh, some videos and, you know, the more well-known magic community was starting to get a hold of the game. And, you know, you think to yourself like, oh, wow, that's going to bring a lot of people into the space, you know, and get to see the game and stuff. And so it worked. You're here. A mission accomplished <laughs> for them, so uh, that that's cool to um, you know yeah. meet somebody who comes up through that pathway. I, I thought your story was really funny playing Yu Gi Oh. 
I fucking hate this game. Why am I playing this? <laughs> I'm gonna go do something else. <laughs> you know, yeah, my friends are just on this cool. Like, yeah, my friends are just on this weird like nostalgia kick, and I was like, I, I didn't even like it when I was a kid. What are we doing? As like a, like almost adults playing this. It's like let me. Um, Magic seemed a lot cooler, but I wish Flesh and Blood was around then. But you know, it's around now. So. Totally, it's better because. I actually have uh, adult money to mm-hmm. spend, waste, I don't know, somewhere in between those invest. on the game. Yeah, invest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to oh. Coffee Table TCG, where we talk about <laughs> investments. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm not on the investment side of the game. I've made very few smart decisions with my money in terms of buying cards. I mean... I, uh, you know, bought a lot of uh, eclipses way too high. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I made some money back, I think. But it's like, uh, this car's got to spike again someday, you know. Not um, Totally. Not now <laughs> I understand legend. that sentiment. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I, we want to know who your favorite hero is who's your main what are you rocking etc that's the burning question in everybody's heart right now and why and why and why uh i think uh i think a lot of people do know and if you don't know out there it's leviah shadowborn abomination and there's a lot of reasons why um and i know a lot of people like to you know (laughs) make uh tentacle jokes it's not the the rumors are not true I swear to God, I have it's just, just a perk. <laughs> it's just a perk. It's just it's just gravy, honestly. <laughs> but uh, I I I really I really enjoy her. Uh, <laughs> this is not. Gonna, I enjoy her aesthetic, um, but also her the the cards in the Shadow Brute kind of uh, you know class system or whatever. The, the, I love the art. I love the way the cards work. Rhinar, not so much. I, I think. It just, I, I don't like the uh, the discard, and I, I kind of like using your graveyard as a resource. I always thought that was really neat, and um, I also enjoy the thrill of, of <laughs> almost killing myself like, every game, and, and, and sometimes it pans out, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, it just feels good to win with something where where your opponent has to read the cards, you know? Totally. And, and Levi can do that. I think the the most common misconception about Leviah is, oh, that she's just bad. No, it's not that she's bad. She is actually really good, but um, her inherent variance ends up kind of mitigating that goodness or that, that greatness yeah. that she can really put out there. So I, I enjoy that. I mean, I, you know, I played her in a pro quest over the, the weekend and I was playing against a really good Starvo player. And I, I, I beat Starva, which I think is arguably her, her worst matchup right now. But and he had to read so many cards and, you know, he was it felt kind of cool. He's like, can you give me that list, please? And like, I was like, man, you don't want this thing. It's going to only give you <laughs> just pain and suffering. But. Um, yeah, no, that's that's Levi's Le- uh, number one for me, and and, and kind of will be for um, the the near future anyway, until 
you know, she gets too good. And then I'm like, ah, yeah, living legend. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's, she's going to be the last. I don't know. I know. Azalea, maybe. I know exactly what the Leviah engine that you like craft and run every game is like really fun, really fascinating. She's definitely Mm -hmm. like, you know, one of my top heroes just because it's so enjoyable to have. There's like a lot of different components. It's a very fascinating character for sure. If you, it feels so good to just play high rate cards that like required some actual work uh, that you want to do anyway, if that makes sense. Like, uh, you know, the, the pitch of blue red, red screamer into Graveling growl is just feels great every single time you do it. Yeah. Totally. So wait, okay. Well, I have a few questions here. Um, <laughs> one is just a statement, and it's not a question. Levia is too much for me to handle. Like every time I play her, I'm like, oh my god, this is the stress that Blasphemet is is breathing down <laughs> my neck and going to consume me is a little too much. You know, like. There's just something about it that is like pretty tough for me. Whereas like uh, something like Kano, you know, previous to New Jersey, America Pro Tour um, was considered like, you know, not very good and maybe hard to play also. That like scratches uh, a different itch in my brain where you're like, I don't know there's some amount of like maybe cleverness that goes into that deck, not saying it doesn't happen with Leviah, you know, it's just a different type. So, Mm. um, my question is two things. One, what do you think it takes for Hexagore to be an actually good weapon? And two, give me the tournament report from this pro quest where you're just crushing Starvo in between those monster thighs. (laughs) Um, it wouldn't be the first time I've been told I have monster thighs, but, uh, that's due to the hair, not not the size. Uh, but, but, uh, coloration, um, the hexagore question is interesting. Uh, you know, ever since they said, um, that each hero has a weapon, kind of attached to them that will go living legend with the hero. It has been interesting to me because <laughs> I was looking at, it, I was like, well, Leviathan is Hexagore and I think it will take Hexagore to be good in order to have a chance for Leviathan to hit living legend. If that makes sense, right? If Hexagore is good, Leviathan is probably, you know, at the best spot she can be. And what's, what is going to take for Hexagore to be good? That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's giving, giving Leviah some soul shackles or something. I, I would assume, I think uh, if, if they print like a shadow, like a, a non classed shadow card that says, uh, you know, make a soul shackle go again and you can put that into Leviah. I think all of a sudden Leviah looks great and, and Hexagore looks even better because then you don't have to worry about not banishing 
the six. Like if you hit the the six on the the soul shackle that turn, uh, he's like, all right, well, I'll you know swing with the hexagore. If if you want to play, you can play like a, a cool like a fatigue plan with hexagore. It's just kind of cool. Yeah, I can see that. Like uh, dimensional crossroads maybe fills that it niche right because hexagore is for two right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you got to at some point like have a one costed non-attack action that like ops the top of your deck and you can then banish a card off the top of your deck then that like fills your banish zone quicker and maybe also banishes a six off the top without having to attack Mm -hmm. and then so for a blue and a card in arsenal you can then swing hexagore with getting to opt that top card and like banishing and maybe filling up your graveyard. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. You say that you can do that with blood tribute right now. Oh, mm-hmm. right. 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 Now the, yeah, Isaac. the blue just opts one in my hexagore deck. I ran blue blood tributes though, because you could save yourself that way when you needed to block like out of <laughs> arsenal. But yeah, it's just hexagore is the coolest weapon, but it's just, you have to wait to use it and then you have to manufacture go again unless you have a mm-hmm. screamer which is like the only enabler but then it also usually costs you four resources which is like the yeah. brute hang up right is like costs a bunch of cards doesn't do a ton and then it costs four that's my least favorite part i love playing brutes but um i wish everything didn't cost four that's my yeah. little rant <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's like Hexagore is good after a Blood Rush Bellow, actually. You know, you're, you're doing, you know, two resources for eight as opposed to four resources for ten with your claws. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think there there's a world where where Hexagore is is kind of a, a threat. I think it takes a, a slower meta that we have right now. But, you know, I think we'll see it. There's a reason they printed that card, and and I'm sure we're it's it's on the horizon. I mean, I've been saying that also about Dread Scythe since Monarch, and <laughs> it is also extremely unplayable. This day has not come. <laughs> yeah. I, I did a video about Dread Scythe not too long ago, and I was talking talking about like we're gonna build a control briar with crown of seeds and Dread Scythe. And uh, I don't know how it's going to work. You're just going to play, play it like a guardian, I guess. But uh, <laughs> that's what you have to do to play that card. It's I've, a real stretch. Taylor yeah, made I've, one of those. <laughs> yeah. I've also <laughs> thought about just like, what if my whole deck was blue? There's such a huge card pool now with Runeblade. Like, maybe I can do it, you know? So you just like, <laughs> but it's, uh, you're like, right. But then all my attacks do like, two damage so what am i really doing you know <laughs> nothing that's what nothing good yeah no. yeah totally i'm gonna need two hours to complate this game plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh but in terms of the the tournament over the weekend yeah. you know finally played played well with levia um well you know i've played well with levia before but I, I i showed up to this pro quest at uh, owl central games in lancaster pennsylvania you know out in the middle of nowhere and you know it's a good size it's 20 20 people playing so not not too bad for it's it was the store's first pro quest 
And we had some heavy hitters there, like Cody Williams showed up, uh, you know, trying to get chained to the living legend, I guess. But, you know, it, it, <laughs> uh, which is going to, it's going to, it's just going to happen. But yeah. um, he, he, um, I actually didn't play against him, um, luckily. But round one, I did play against Chain, which is a tough matchup for Leviah in general. I'm, I'm on this clause build and, and, and I am playing a singleton bl- uh, blue blood tribute. Uh, I don't know if it's because I want to be different or if it's actually good, but I found it to be pretty decent. Um, and, you know, I'm playing some other singletons, like one pulping, one writhing beast hole, just like these cool little finishers um, that are also kind of good early in the game as well. And and so round one was chain. Uh, somehow won that game. It was very close. Round two, I played Briar, which really just couldn't keep a channel mount heroic out i think that would basically help help my game plan my game plan was a lot of rolling scab skins um i was feeling pretty lucky that day and it panned <laughs> out i was just like all right i have to race like this meta you just have to race and yeah. i was like all right let's let's get after it and then round three was i took my first loss uh against oldham but it was a really um it was actually a a friend of the pod, um, Rose Smith, and she's on this. Well, she's on Icelander, but she wanted she wanted to play Icelander in the Pro Quest, but Icelander isn't out, so she just basically converted her Blitz Icelander deck to Oldham, and it's just all ice. And it was just like this is. I was like, this is a nightmare for me because you're just like. Oh, Winter's Bite. Oh, God. Um, yeah, Pitch. And then, or I would, I would discard, actually, more so um, with that Beast Within. That was nice. But yeah. Um, and but it's just, uh, you know, the Frostbites and the Ice Reacts. It's just it's just bad news for Leviah. So I took that loss. Then I played uh, Starvo. And Starvo is typically a bad matchup. But, you know, that was one of those... Those matches where I mentioned before, he's reading all the cards. He's like never seen anyone play Leviah. And he's a really great player. And, um, you know, I understand why he's never seen anybody play Leviah. But, <laughs> you know, eked out that win somehow. And and then uh, round five, I, I did play against Prism, which is my best matchup. Uh, mostly, I would say. And and then in the top eight, I played against Prism again in, in the first round. And. God, you know, you just the 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 rolls were too hot that day because you know I I drew that hand that was blue dread screamer, two shadow puppetries and one red howl from beyond, and I was like, uh, I guess blue dread screamer into um, uh, ghostly visit from banish, and they had the um, the the aura that gives minus one, so it was just three and three, and I just totally lost all the the. Mm the momentum and tempo there but it was fun it was good to top eight an event and you know i've been playing you know for almost a year now and you know i i haven't played a ton of huge events and sure i play a lot of uh not meta decks but it felt good to kind of convert a little bit hell yeah uh, dude that's awesome i mean that's the dream right is like to specialize in a hero and then get rewarded with, you know, uh, a level of success. I, you know, some people I think are all of the, like, you got to win the event Mm -hmm. for, 
you know, the ultimate prize. But for me, if you can just like top eight any event, like that's really good. You know, only eight people make it to top eight. So mm-hmm. that's like an elite category, no matter what your outcome is right away in, in top eight. So congratulations, dude. We have a a deep brute following here on the podcast. And uh, I would maybe call them like, well, Isaac has two cohorts of acolytes. He has ranger acolytes and he has brute <laughs> acolytes for sure. Um, and so they're going to be psyched about living vicariously through you on that story. So there you go. I've been, uh, I guess I play a lot of Lumpia still. I've been retired off Reinar for a bit now, though. Just waiting for some upgrades. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> keep waiting, keep waiting, my friend. <laughs> classic battles, classic battles is coming out. True. Some true. I saw some cards. I saw some cards. Not too bad. Almost playable in Leviathan too. We'll see. Almost. Yeah, they might almost be playable in the <laughs> themselves. We'll see. The um, one that ops a six from the top seems pretty good. Um, that does seem good. Yeah. Yeah, it keeps or keeps a six on top and then puts a non six on bottom. I think that it could be good. I, I see people talking about some shadow blasphemy. You know, it, it takes away the. The variance on shadow blastment a little bit so we'll see yeah i had sorry this is too specific but i i, I recently took the shadow blastments out of my deck because it felt like every time i hit on that card i set up and i won the game and every time i missed i lost the game and i was like this is not a good plan <laughs> i need a better plan so i took them yeah. out and i've been running it without them swing bigs I- instead Oh yeah, I was I was off of of Shadow of Blasphemy for a while, but then I kind of put them back in just because I think it's good in the in like the grindy matchups, just to kind of mm. get the those engine cards. But you do not want it when you're when you're trying to race. I I think that card is uh, just just can give you the heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, hundred um, percent. All right, I have some rapid fire questions here for you. If uh, Taylor was that all that. Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. Nice. So this is pulled uh, f- as or inspired by your podcast. All right, you ready? Yep. All right, favorite weapon? Like all time, Raiden. Ooh, good call. Nice. Is that true or are you just flirting with Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it is true. I, I, I you know. I love the challenge of building with Raiden and, and it's just so cool. And just, it was like my first foil, like majestic uh, weapon I've ever pulled. And I was like, ah, oh, this card's so cool. It's so nice. cool. You're like, it costs zero and it's <laughs> for three. That's like, oh, you just love it. Every time you pull it off, you're like, I'm winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Favorite equipment. Carrying husk. Yeah, just start at 46. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yeah. feels good. Um, in Leviathan, also, you don't take blood debt from it once you block with it, which is actually pretty big. Mm-hmm. That's a nice yeah. little bonus. Um, all right, favorite non-majestic card? Non-majestic. This has got to be Dread Screamer. You know, I know this is going to be kind of on brand but you know i think dread screamer is just such a satisfying card to just jam in jam into somebody's face i guess it is 
It's a very fun card. The artwork on that card makes me kind of sick. It's one of the gnarliest in the game. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. (laughs) All right. And uh, last one. Who's your favorite hero outside of the brute class? Uh, This one is is tight uh, because... I'm going to have to go Bolton. I, I do love Bolton the way he plays. Not so much Sabres. I, I, I know Sabres is probably the best version of Bolton, but Bolton is just is is just so much fun. And God, I want to make Vestige of Soul work in Bolton somehow so bad. It's just like it's not fair that Karen Husk is playable in both shadow classes and then Vestige is only playable in Prism. I don't know. That's a rant for another day I guess. that's all right i mean i'm loving these uh anti-prism takes you know <laughs> it's great getting everybody riled up i agree with you a hundred percent i had this insane uh jank build for bolton to try to beat chain in that first pro quest season because i had uh already earned or excuse me, road to nat season. I had already earned my like invite to nationals. So I was like, all right, now how do I counter this deck? Won't that be fun? (laughs) And I had this whole vestige of soul tome of divinity, like combo thing going on with stubby hammers and stuff. And, uh, that sounds so cool. I mean, it's just like, (laughs) that is like everything. I've ever wanted to do, I mean, in, in, in Bolton and more, you know, I, I've been, I, I tried to make the same thing work and it, um, it like, it for sure worked. It was like a very big turn, but it really dictated you. It was really predicated on like when you could do it in the game. If you can, if you do it like mid game, you have like a 50, 50 chance to win. And if it comes up late game, you're dead. And if it comes up early game, you can win. But it was just like too much <laughs> variance. But it was like pretty fun. You're like, ha, I'm like basically Prism right now, but working way harder for this Tome of Divinity play. <laughs> Honestly, this conversation is a conversation I had with a local player, me, Jim, Jim from Eye of the Storm, uh, that that team. And we just bounce back ideas like this. And, you know, he's he's, a, he's he plays in the Bro Tour. He's very good. And, you know, and then there's me, this guy who's like trying to bring him over to the dark side. Hey, listen, you know, what if, what if we made Hexagor work, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, this is, oh God, this is speaking my language. Hell yeah. Well, that's why we're, we're friends. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to say that. So like, uh, not excitedly, you know? No, um, no, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> uh so let's uh change gears a little bit here so like as a content creator and kind of a podcaster specifically you know what role do you feel that like podcasting or content creators but probably more specifically podcasting serves in the like flesh and blood community um, <laughs> this is going to sound super biased and maybe it is, but I, I think, I think podcasts are, are the, the most important 
to the lifeblood of a game, right? I It doesn't matter what we're talking about if we're going into deep dive strategy or if we're just talking about um, just how we can fix how LGSs approach the game or something like that, right? There's, there's, there's a myriad of, of different conversations we could all have and that people are probably thinking and having conversations in their everyday life with their other friends that play flesh and blood. But once they hear it on the, the radio waves or the podcast waves, it kind of brings validation. Right. And in edited videos and, and, and it's all that kind of content's great. I don't hear and see people talk about, the last video so-and-so did I do hear and see people talk about, Hey, did, did you catch what they were talking about on, on, you know, Arsenal pass the other week? Did you guys catch what they were talking about on attack action uh, podcast last week? It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a zeitgeist thing, I think. And, and um, it, it's a long form thing and, and kind of can take up a lot of people's times like, you know, and something that people can do while they're, you know, listen to while they're doing whatever, you know, I've had a, I've had a listener tell me that, you know, the podcast got them through a really like crappy job. And, yeah. and that's something that like a video, like you can't watch a video like that. And maybe I'm just like some kind of audio boomer. And it's just like, I love, <laughs> I love listening to, to podcasts. It's, it's, it's the, you know, harks back to the old, uh, talk shows and AM radio and stuff like that. Um, which, which, um, I don't know. I think, I think it serves a huge purpose and, and I, I hope that people value it and, and continue to value it. Um, yeah, I think that's a very good point because just for me personally, you know, like I'll watch YouTube videos or gameplay videos sometimes, or when they're important or pertinent or whatever, but you know, you have to like stop your day and watch this thing for 45 minutes, which is just fine, but it's like a mm-hmm. completely separate type of content. Like I really enjoy how many great podcasts we have in flesh and blood because I can like, you know, when I'm doing my morning workout or when I'm like driving for an hour or whatever, I can like put on a podcast and listen to it. You know, while I'm doing this thing where I can have my concentration on the podcast, but it can like make it a lot more enjoyable. And podcasts are the only thing that fills that role. Like (laughs) when everybody was at the pro tour, I was like, damn it. Everybody's at the pro tour, not making content, you know, it's like, (laughs) like, you know, exercise or whatever. And it's just like, ah, there's no new episodes anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, you know, uh, Tommy, I think that's a great, uh, point you made you know in i asked this question because i don't really know how to answer it you know what i mean like i am still unsure what role me and isaac play in the larger community you know like uh arsenal pass has like a very defined role they're all about like uh leveling up in the world wraith you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and you know, me and Isaac try to do that to, you know, some degree, but then, you know, we also, you know, spent a lot of our time like talking about us and two other buddies, like 
local little tournament we had with each other like it was like a big deal (laughs) in you know 2020 or whatever you know what i mean so it's like what value is that providing or what is that you know so uh sometimes i'm you know i enjoy making the podcast and it's it's always really fun and it's it's a great way to get to engage with the game in a different way but sometimes it's like you know, because there is no audience you get to see. You just talk to your bud or not, and then you <laughs> post it, and you're like, cool, I guess I'll think about the next thing I'm going to do, you know? And so there's there's sometimes little feedback, you know, depending on who you are or whatever. So it, it can be like, what am I, what do I need to do? Where do I fit in, you know? So. Yeah, I, I understand that too. And in, in a way it's, you know, it's like a performance, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a lot of times when I, I mean, well, I, I would say almost like always, right. I, I record a podcast and I'd like to say, I remember most of what happened, but I don't because I'm like, so in the moment when I do it. And I think that's, I think that's true for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I could always go look back at notes or whatever, but I think that's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a benefit of podcasting for the listener too, because they're kind of experiencing somewhat of a performance, like, you know, thing, not so much, you know, theatrical, but you right. are just having a talk and, and, you know, sometimes you can go look back at some talks, but also the best thing about them is they kind of stay in that space after you leave them. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's the beautiful thing about listening to a podcast. Right. And as a person who is a professional lecturer in my day job, uh, it is a performance. I'm very tired after a day of teaching, you know, and it's not so much like, you know, being on my feet in front of a chalkboard. It's the having to be interesting for 50 minutes, you know, and then you get five minutes to not go to the bathroom and... (laughs) got to do it again, you know? So, uh, yeah, you're, you hit the nail on the head, but the idea that we're part of like the zeitgeist and Isaac, your point about videos, like I only watch videos like while I'm eating, basically like having my coffee eat in my breakfast before I go to work is when is my chance to like, you know, watch five minutes of something. So it does make that type of content maybe a little bit more shallow or that sort of thing and there's a lot of gameplay i don't get to because i'm like nah, i don't have 50 minutes to watch this but i listen to podcasts like all day long when i'm not at work you know so it's a yeah good it's, point, it's both it's um it's tough because especially as we're coming out of this pandemic or you know supposedly coming out of this pandemic people are going to be forced to go back to work right they're going to be commuting and they're going to have to be on their their office computer and you know this is some podcast that's where they thrive right in the commute on the train in the car you know whatever and and that's just something that a lot of other content can't do and uh you know people have real lives and 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 that's the that's something a podcast can really facilitate and just from my perspective, um, it has been nice, like uh, you for Fresh and Buds, and we both have a, a Discord community 
you know, in a Twitter presence and all these things where we can interface, you know, to the degree that we want with our community. Um, yeah. Which definitely helps because like as Taylor and I started out, it was just really like recording it and uploading it and being like, well, that was fun. <laughs> and then, yeah, playing our Battle Bros tournament and then doing it again, you know, but now that the game has gotten so big and there's like these online or virtual communities to interact with, um, you know, that does help um, give a bit of feedback and you get to engage with some of the, you know, some of your friends yeah, it, that you made through the game. Yeah. It feels good to have people stoked when, when you release yeah. that podcast. Um, you know, it's <laughs> those, those first, you know, the, the early days, when you're just like, God, I hope somebody listens to this goddamn thing. <laughs> you know? I just yeah. talked to myself for 50 minutes. I mean, you know, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, it's it, no, you're right. And and the Discord thing is, it's something I think unique to, to gaming podcasts in general is that we get to kind of have our pulse on our community and our, and our listenership, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a, uh, another kind of question for y'all. Um, do you guys kind of have a, like, do you guys taste that? What, <laughs> oh what God. flavor is it? Oh, that's right. We have a very special surprise segment here from the graveyard or the banish zone. What flavor is it? All right, Tommy and Isaac, we are going to be playing Flesh and Blood Trivia. Okay? So here is the game. You are... Okay, so I have six questions. And each of you is going to get three. And I'm going to read a bit of flavor text from a card in the game Flesh and Blood. Then you're going to have three uh, options, A, B, and C. One of them is the correct person who is speaking. Another one is some shit I made up. And then the third one is a real person, in quotes, in the game of flesh and blood, but it's not them who said it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Your <laughs> intro made me feel like Boneyard Marauder. <laughs> you know, just chomping on some graveyard stuff at lunch. <laughs> oh my God. Num, num, num. Now, no cheating. I have you on video so I can see if you're typing, okay? And I don't want to hear any keyboards. Um, there are three points possible in each question. Are there any questions before we begin? Oh, God. I know. I don't think so. <laughs> so, uh tommy's gonna get three questions separately and then i'm going to get three correct now it's up to you guys i couldn't figure out if i wanted to give a chance to steal here um but i'll i'll leave it up to you guys so um i just hope somebody gets one right (laughs) (laughs) well before when i did this segment with just you isaac you got him right like all of the time and they were too easy so i'm making i hopefully have made it a little bit more challenging nice okay so uh remember there's one i made up one that is correct one that is correct but not the right card 
that makes sense? Okay. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Uh, who would like to go first? Uh, go, go ahead, Isaac. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Okay, we'll, uh, Isaac, yeah, you're we'll up. Yeah, warm you up. Okay, so here's number one. Here is the quote. So if I grab and then connect, that's it. You want to hear that again? No. Okay. Is it A, Dr. Mortimer, the fixer, B, dash, or C, minor? Which is what? Dead air is also really good for the podcast. Dr. Mortimer. Is which one? What? Is correct. Is the person who said it? Final oh, I have answer. to guess all three. I thought I just yeah. had to guess the correct one. You have to guess which there's three points possible. Which one's the one that's made up? Which one is the correct person? And which is a person in flesh and blood, but who hasn't said this particular quote? Um, okay, so Dr. Mortimer is correct. Dash is a real flesh and blood character, and minor, I'm not even sure how you're spelling that, is the made up one. Oh, good. You could have asked a clarifying question. So, Isaac, <laughs> unfortunately, you only got one point out of that. The correct answer we were looking for is dash and bonus points if anybody knows what card this is. I stay away from mech cards usually. You're out of time. It's from Spark of Genius. Thank you for oh. playing. Minor <laughs> is the one I made up. Okay. Now, I think Tommy, I know the least amount of dash cards of any class. Exactly. That's why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Mr. Thomas Fresh, are you ready for your question? It's one to nothing. Don't let that Ooh. intimidate you. I'm not intimidated yet. Yeah, well, I'm a little intimidated. I'm getting zero on this one. I know it. All right, hit okay. me. Here it is. And in abandoning the light, I am consumed by the shadow and gifted true power. So, was it A, Hail the Knight of Thorns, B, Sutcliffe, or C, Eldon Lost Knight? So which one is correct? Which one did I make up? And which one is also a person in flesh and blood but did not say this? Jeez. Um... Uh, <laughs> I think that it was said by Lord Sutcliffe, and then I'm going to say that Eldon was not real, and Hale was the, uh, the person that's in Flesh and Blood, but not said it, not, did not say it. Okay. Uh, zero points <laughs> correct on that one. You oh. called it though. Uh, it is actually Eldon Lost Knight. Bonus points if anybody knows what card this is. Can we hear the quote again? In abandoning the light, I am consumed by the shadow and gifted true power. Mordred Todd. <laughs> nope. Um, it's is Tome it the new... of the Arknight. <laughs> Sorry, Isaac. We just can't wait around for everybody to think all the time. So Elden, the Lost Knight, <laughs> I made up Hail the Knight of Thorns, which is pretty good because I figured you guys would know it was a rune blade and they would throw you off. 
And Sutcliffe is a real character in the game of flesh and blood. Thank you. On to the next question. Okay, Isaac, are you ready? I am. Okay, here we go. Should you wish to see the future, know this. What has been seen cannot be unseen. Is it A, Vera, B, Jira, or C, Lieutenant Yamada? Um, it's Vera, and Jira is also a character in Flesh and Blood. And then so Lieutenant Yamada is the one I made up? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you get one point on that one. You are correct. It is Vera. Jira, I made up, but Lieutenant Yamada is a character in Flesh and Blood. Bonus points if anybody can name this card. Potion of Clarity. False. Index? <sighs> nope, it is Potion of Seeing. Oh, dang. Okay, great job. The score <laughs> well, is 2-0, two, gotta... <laughs> two Isaac. We got a quote I've heard before, though. That was, that was nice. <laughs> totally. Pretty good. Okay, are you ready, Thomas Fresh? Hit me. Okay, here we go. Nobody says that to my mama. Was that A, Thunk, B, Torak, or C, Thackerg? <laughs> oh, man, come on. Dude, oh, geez. Would you like to hear that again? <laughs> Not so particularly, the, but so the oh, quote yeah, is, sure hit me. Yeah. Nobody says that about my mama. Was that A, Thuck, B, Torak, or C, Thockerg? I'm going to say it's, it's the person who said it was, uh, was it Thock? Yep. Thunk? Yep. Yeah. Thunk, Thock. Um, and then I'm going to say the person that is from the game but didn't say it is Thor- Thorak right okay. and then the other one was <laughs> I don't know what the other one was called but Thockerg uh, Thocker, uh, is, is not real you my friend got three out of three on that one Ooh. it takes the lead <laughs> very exciting uh, bonus points if anybody knows what card that is Swing with big tree. Ooh, close. Very close. It is smash swing instinct. Fist. Oh, dang. swing fist. Think later. Very good. Very good. All right. Ooh, very exciting game. I'm very happy we're doing this. <laughs> All right, Isaac, are you ready? I am. <clears throat> okay. Back in my day, folk used weapons made of metal. Was that A, Macho Grande, B, Lishu Crimson Haze Vigilante, or C, Hishu Crimson Haze Elder? Um, it was the Crimson Haze Vigilante. And Nice. Well, Mancha Grande is a card. Is that not going to count? I'm going to say the Mancha Grande is really in the game because it is a card. All right, that's my pick. Okay, bit of a trick question there, but you nailed it. 
You got three for three on that one, taking a commanding lead five to three. What card is that one? I'd have to hear the quote again. Back in my day, folk used weapons made of metal. Uh, Lightning press. Ooh, correct. For a bonus point, that doesn't count for really anything, but we'll mark it down just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Thomas. Yes. This is your time to shine, baby. I guess. This is it. All you need is three for three here. Pressure's (laughs) on. You can do it. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Two drops with your hops. That'll see you right if things get rowdy. Was that A, Jezebel, Everfest, Alchemist, and all sorts. B, Jezebel, Everfest, Wise Woman, and all sorts. Or C, Jezebel, Everfest, Ringmaster, and all sorts. So (laughs) the Alchemist, all right, the Alchemist said it. The wise woman is in the game and the ringmaster is fake. Triple down with the uh, foolery here. All three of those are in the game. (laughs) And you got them all wrong. (laughs) But because of that, we're giving you a bonus two points for being such a good sport. So we have a tie game and we're going to go into our lightning round here, but who knows what card each of these is from? Um, wait, two drops lightning round. What's happening? No, no, this is just, we got to know what card this is. Two drops with your hops. That'll see you right. If things get rowdy, what card is that? Potion of strength. Incorrect. Uh, Ironhide potion. I don't Correct, know. Isaac. Another bonus point for you. Great job. Yes. I have two Feel like separate bonus points. Tommy Fresh kind of gets the assist there for taking one of those off, off the list. <laughs> the Jezebel Everfest Alchemist and All Sorts is Potion of Seeing. Jezebel Everfest Wise Woman and All Sorts is Potion of Luck. So that means Everfest Ringmaster and All Sorts Potion of Ironhide. Okay. Lightning round for the tiebreakers. Are you guys prepared? So this is slightly different format now. You can only answer with true or false. Does that make sense? So these are going to be true or false questions. You're going to give me either true or false. Are you ready to begin, Isaac? It is you up first. I am ready. Okay. Minus one point for not answering true or false. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, question one. True or false? There are 310 cards in the set of Monarch. False. That is correct. There are 307 cards in the set of Monarch. Over to you, Tommy. Ostra Morena is a character featured in flavor text. True or false? Oh, man. False. No, I'm sorry. It is true. It is the character on Valiant Thrust who says, Do not falter. These fiends shall die like any other beast we have faced. 
Okay. I knew that one. <laughs> you did. I, I, I wish you had gotten it. Okay, Isaac, uh, over to you. True or false? The Iron Assembly is the home of Data Doll. True. Correct. You're crushing it. Buried deep beneath Iron Assembly headquarters, there lies a vast secret chamber. Inside rests Data Doll, a steam powered automaton delicately suspended by a web of wires and hoses. Night and day, her mnemonic mind surges with an influx of data reported from all across metrics. Her purpose to provide pertinent data to the Iron Assembly's most elite members. Great job. All right. Now, over <laughs> to you, Mr. Tommy Fresh. True or false? Cavdane's true passion is art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say false. That is incorrect. It is true. <laughs> While Cavdane may present himself as a salesman, his true passion lies in the arts. One of the most well-known names in his field, Cavdane has established a reputation for his abstract yet lifelike sculptures. Of course, he uses only the finest materials for his projects, carefully dissecting each body to harvest every last scrap of flesh and bone. All oh, right. Man. You Isaac... guys are really showing my lack of lore knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to hit everything here. Um, okay, Isaac, over to you. True or false? Ready. Objects can be a card, token, macro layer, or player. False. That is correct. Players are part of the game, but not objects. All right. Ooh, my page is maybe frozen. Nope, we're good. Okay. Final question for, let's see how many points Isaac has. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, plus two bonus questions. Tommy, this is for eight points exactly <laughs> to beat Isaac or whatever the exact math is there. All right. Uh, Final question. True or false? Flesh and Blood was originally going to be called Classic Battles. Oh, no. I'm going to say false again. I That is correct. I have no idea what they were going to call Flesh and Blood, if anything other than that. Congratulations, Tommy Fresh. Wow. You get all of the clout. You win the last final question. Great job. Congratulations. What are you going to do with your championship? Oh, man. Well, I'm going to... Um, I don't know what I'm going to do, honestly. It's just... It's just just great i just can't believe i pulled that one out in the end yeah totally really dramatic from half court last second shot (laughs) isaac sorry good job you tried really hard you did excellent but not good enough (laughs) hey isaac why don't you just get good man i don't know (laughs) i tell him that all the time (laughs) just do better Uh, that was a pretty fun uh lore side quest we just went on you like that yeah I tried to hit something from everywhere, the notes, the set collection, you know, trying to get all facets that you can find on the uh, main website there. It felt like <laughs> some uh, 
some ambush journalism to me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Great. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun uh, putting that together. So uh, I'll try to do it some more in the future, I think, you know. Right. Tweet at me if you guys liked it. Yeah, I don't know how to segue out of that. Uh, maybe yeah. we'll t- and uh, to just smoothly moving along here. Well, we'll do. Uh, we'll take a quick, just a quick break. I'll put in some cool music, and then we'll be able to transition back into the ending part of our episode. How does that sound? Great, beautiful. Okay, we'll see you all after this short. Well, maybe this is a great moment to put in our ad break. We'll see you guys after our nice ad break we have from our contest we've been running. Have you ever been belittled by brutes? Perhaps you've been overwhelmed by non-stop ninja naughtiness. Tired of being whipped by wizards and warriors? Are you wrecked non-stop by rune blades? Then what you need is Teclo. At Teclo Industries, we provide the tech you need to survive the wilds both in and outside the city of Metrics. At its core, Teclo is all about speed, and our products are legendary. We have the heart and the drive to keep you alive. Teclo Industries, building a better future yesterday. And we're back and ready to go here. (laughs) Um, So back to uh, the main set of questions. Tommy, you and I did an episode on your cast about draft and you said earlier how you really love draft. And um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on the upcoming set. Well, I'm certainly excited about it. You know, one, one of my main complaints with the game is always every, every set should be draftable. Everfest felt like, like, it felt like such like a weird gap and, and it, it is exciting that we're going to get some more draft and uprising. However, I am interested to see how two draconic heroes and one ice hero is going to work. It's, you know, it's, there's not a lot of precedent in flesh and blood drafting outside of the, the four, the four hero. And then, and then we got tales of Arya, the three hero with the mixed mm-hmm. um, elements. So I am interested to see how they pull this one off. You know, I did like a, I did a video with, with Flake about, you know, who's the fourth hero. I thought we all thought that they were going to reveal the fourth hero and it, it doesn't sound like that's happening unless, unless there's some kind of like majestic hero that you can get and pick almost like you would like a majestic weapon. Mm-hmm. But that seems like a stretch, you know, but, you know, why not? Why not stretch and get a little limber, you know, when, when talking about flesh and blood? But I I have some theories that, you know, I think that. I think that Icelander must be so good, right, in in this set that um, the or or or, or the other heroes are so good that they're, they're going to be fighting so much. That Icelander gets so many cards. Uh, like available at the table. And I, I know James White mentioned that we're going to get some kind of crack bobble esque attack. That, that'll that be interesting to see how that works. And then I think we're getting a, a headpiece that slots in. Like a token? I have a the- yeah, yeah. I, I have a theory that maybe the headpiece somehow lets you play both elements. I don't know if there's any 
validity to that, but it seems like a, a nice way to kind of balance out draft pods. But all that being said, it's I hope it works out, and I hope that this is not the norm going forward. I like I don't want to. I don't. I, I think adding more and more things outside of the draft into the decks might take away from the experience. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited to play it regardless, and 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 I'm not going to hold any final judgments till we see how it is. But it just seems to me if like, well, you know, if if your draft goes poorly, you can just add these attacks and it's fine. Uh, I think you have to be rewarded for being a good drafter and. And maybe not so much rewarded for being a poor drafter, but that's my opinion. I took it as the uh, the cracked baubles are still really bad, but you yeah. can actually get them out of your deck if you pay the high price or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That that, that I could definitely see that happening. Uh, it's it's interesting if um, how they how they handle that. Because I hope that there isn't a way to like break that, right? You know, currently you can run a deck full of crack baubles and your deck would just be bad. But what if what if somebody finds a way to break this attack crack this uh, attack bobble or a crack I don't know. Bobble? It would have to be it, it. It most likely is way under curve, right? Like mm-hmm. a three costed red that attacks for two and doesn't block or something. Mm-hmm. you know so at least you can like play it or maybe it does have a defense value but its defense value is zero right so you can defend with it but it it doesn't do, doesn't anything. do anything um yeah i'm really interested like i wish i was a better game designer to think of how to solve this right uh because it's like well obviously there's going to be more like draconic cards in every pack so then mm-hmm. drafting Icelander becomes really hard, right? But then if they equally distribute the number of cards Icelander can run versus the Draconic heroes, then it just means that Icelander's card pool is just way bigger, you know, in the draft pool. So then that's maybe the hero that feels open, you know, I'm not sure. I do like the idea of maybe like uh, there being a cool piece of equipment that you can open, like pack one, pick one, and that allows you to stay open. It's like, you know, add whatever to your hero. You know, you gain element of, or the elemental trait and essence of ice or something like that with your frost Mm -hmm. crown, you know? That sounds pretty broken to me. But then Just it's like, <laughs> you know, but then it's like you, it maybe replaces who you are, not that you get both mm, talents. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So uh, if you happen to maybe get a lot of those cards in pack two or something, you can then pivot. I don't know. Um, yeah. My, this is obviously why I make podcasts, <laughs> not design games. My main concern is for, because. Um, I feel like Lexi is kind of a precedent in Aria, right? Where if there's not too many people picking it, it can be really strong. But as soon as too many people start picking it, you know, it's only a third of the cards or whatever, then it gets really weak, right? So 
I kind of see that dynamic as the Icelander dynamic. Um, who knows if that's how it'll pan out, but I have no idea how this plays out in sealed. Right. And they have these big sealed events like callings are sealed. I think just for logistical reasons, but then it's going to be weird if every pack has, you know, twice as many draconic cards. Um, that's kind of my burning question, right? Is like, how does this translate into not, I mean, I don't really care about sealed. It just, <laughs> the way it plays out is there's actually a lot of sealed events to accommodate the number of players. So um, yeah, I'm really interested to see that. I think another thing, like the logic here that you can kind of look at, at this set and be like, well, LSS could have easily taken the easy way out and just done four heroes. So Right. And James White came out and said, this is the best draft experience they're ever putting out. So, I mean, we have to put a little faith in him saying that. He but... did say that in Aria, too, for Tales of Aria. Yeah, did he <laughs> say that? Because that was definitely the Aria pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Which it was, in my opinion. But <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. It's still really good. It's just, yeah, yeah. there was a period, I'll let you finish here in a second, but there definitely was like a period when, uh, Tales of Aria came out and we were like, is this a good draft set? It's like really fast and there's no arcane barrier and it feels not balanced, uh, clunky or stupid or I don't know. It didn't feel good initially, but once we kind of learned the set, you were like, oh, very, very much deep strategy. That's not a great sentence, but the depth <laughs> of the draft was... Uh, <laughs> was there and it and it wound up being like it is a really really good set and really fun to draft but i don't know if i would put it above anything else because the gameplay for me is too quick mm-hmm. you know i can like see that tales of aria games are just over super super fast so and that's part of the experience too the drafting part is great but the gameplay for me has a little uh to be desired left to be desired um yeah yeah and i agree well yeah i I guess if he's if he said it before tales and he's saying it before uprising i guess he's not lying right you know this is the best yet (laughs) you know it's like he could just say that every single every single time this is gonna be the best yet um it's funny i i used to work for a brewery and every new beer we put out the the owner would be like this is the best best beer we ever made like well, you said it for the last one. I don't know what you're talking about, but that 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 aside, yeah, w- w- I think if this three hero, two draconic, one ice thing wasn't working, I I I think they would have seen that early and just jammed that fourth hero in. And um, I've never actually drafted Monarch, which was the other dual talent set, so I'm not really sure if maybe they weren't exactly happy with how that drafted and and that's why they're kind of taking this leap into the kind of lean more heavy draconic it could also be like we don't need to put more ice cards out into the world which you know i'm cool with but then why put icelander in the set you know what i mean unless i mean like mechanically she works really well as like you know, because there's got to be a triangle, right? Like maybe Icelander beats uh, Dromai and then Phi beats Icelander, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the, the dichotomy or the, not the dichotomy, the 
tricone you want or whatever triforce um <laughs> and monarch draft is very good but it gets a little wild because you definitely will have packs that have way more ta- one talent over another mm. and so then reading the signals of what is open can be a little bit challenging at times because you're like oh there's a ton of shadow cards in here shadow is totally open you know but really it's just like maybe two packs out of the eight have a disproportionate amount of um shadow cards compared to light ones and then you know you just wind up in a seat where it's it's a little iffy you know so yeah i kind of like this pattern that's uh because I, I see Monarch as kind of like the icebreaker, right? It's still four heroes. You know, you can still just have everybody safely reading their seat and in their own category, you know, like playing it correctly. But they introduce talents, which kind of mix it up, right? And then I really, really enjoyed um, Arya and the kind of like, I don't know what you call it, like asymmetrical or like the numbers didn't line up. Um, yeah. I think it makes it like for a really interesting dynamic at the draft table. Um, but you know, each character could still use two, um, you know, two talents and, uh, everything was evenly dispersed that way. So to me, you know, moving up from Monarch through Tales, and now we're going to see Uprising. Um, I very much enjoyed how they've developed the mechanics of draft. So, you know, I really enjoy that it's three heroes. And I'm like really interested to see how they're going to balance this out, um, you know, in some sort of asymmetrical way, but it still like works functionally um, for a draft. I like enjoy, I actually enjoy like Aria a lot more than like, you know, Welcome to Wraith or something, which is just my personal preference. But um, I mean, they've been doing a great job. I think it's going to be pretty great. Yeah. I mean, I think overall flesh and blood draft is just so incredible the and and I'm with you. I think Tales of Aria is 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 great. I got to jam some Tales of Aria drafts again at the Pro Tour, and that was like just so much fun. Just to kind of revisit it and be like, oh my god, wow! Like that was such a cool you know interaction here, and it, and mm-hmm. that's so cool that you know like even to explore Lexi a little bit, which I had never really done as much while it was like kind of in the season. Uh, I guess my only real not issue or just kind of my one note for tales of aria was it kind of felt like they wanted it to be oh there could be like two or three oldums at the table one's more earth and one's more ice but it turned out you know the the earth just was way more overpowered i don't think like the different sides of each hero were as as balanced as they should be and hopefully this is where they kind of um address something like that though i guess they're not both pulling from the same um element pool or or whatever but yeah no super excited for uprising though i i it's just gonna feel good to draft a new set honestly and and explore it and and we're gonna have so many more players drafting this set than we did tails and any other previous set before that that the format's gonna warp so much like we saw how much it warped with with tales of aria where everybody's like briar 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 and then it was like oh hold them hold them hold them, hold them. and then towards the end it felt like oh everybody else is doing those two guys i'm going lexi and i'm going to destroy the whole draft 
So yeah, it'll be, it'll be really cool to kind of see that kind of progression. That's like one of the best things about draft too, is just seeing how the, the player perception of, of draft of the format uh, changes. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, one of my critiques uh, right now with the seasons of play is that, <clears throat> I mean, currently ProQuest season two is like kind of a snooze fest because it's the exact same meta, right? But it's also simultaneously like too short, right? Like four weeks is like too short. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And when we had Road to Nats last summer, it was like six weeks long. And that even felt like too short. You know what I mean? So yeah. I would actually like them to like maybe bump it up to like six weeks. <clears throat> My point being is like, uh, and I guess they do this probably based around like large events to make sure the coverage is like cool. Like if we solve the format fully before the event, then there's no surprises and it's maybe less of a cool um, viewing situation because... Uh, I would assume Nationals is going to be Uprising dual format draft. Maybe. Uh, Pro Tour 2 is for sure uh, dual mm -hmm. with uh, Uprising draft. And I'm wondering if Road to Nats is going to be a draft season. That would be really cool if they did that. Whoa. Oh my god. That would be awesome. That would be so sick. <laughs> yeah, it would be super, super dope. I mean, I think they kind of did try, you know, they put their feelers out with like uh skirmish season last year and the welcome to Wraith or the farewell to Wraith stuff, you know. People have some now idea stores do of the logistics of a draft and stuff, so it, it could be possible. Um <clears throat> that being said, I am it's just such like a crazy puzzle, two heroes in the same talent, one that has nothing to do with them, that there's got to be some sort of elegant way they have thought of this, right? Like mm -hmm. the things we've come up with are just like stupid band-aids that our tiny brains can't figure out, you know? Um, but I'm sure just like we saw in all the other... Uh, drafts that there was an elegance to how you have to pick cards to create tension and that sort of thing within the draft. So I'm excited to figure that out as well. Yeah. I mean, just, it's just going to be, I mean, and maybe, maybe this is almost a benefit of all the sets not being draftable is that we get a little more excited for these draftable sets. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. I we'll see how they continue to do because we're supposed to get another supplemental set this year, and and right. we'll see if they try to push it into some kind of draftable format or at least like a sealed format. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, um, I, I I echo a lot of your guys' thoughts on on uprising. It's you know, are you are you guys excited to play any of the the three heroes in constructed? Oh yeah, I'm a. So I'm a staunch, like, Viserai lover. But after Icelander in Blitz from Everfest, she may be overtaking Viserai in the place in my heart. It's just that cool and for some reason speaks to me. 
So I'm really excited to just turn all my opponents into ice cubes and then walk away from the table. You know, have you guys played the fire breathing tech in, in Icelander blitz? Yeah, it's pretty um, sick. Oh God. I mean, yeah, I played against it uh, two weekends ago and I was like, Oh my God, what is this? I don't play a lot of blitz. 12. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Or just crack an arsenal. If you overblock for 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But um, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about uh, Dromai, the new illusionist, just because I really, really like illusionist. Um, but Prism doesn't really speak to me personally, that flavor. Um, and I none of my main characters are going to get any upgrades for quite a long time. So I'm going to be diving into, uh, you know, into that camp. Yeah. And and I'm I'm hoping that that Phi is it kind of expands the or, or explores the design space of ninja a little bit more than we've seen you know uh, i think there there's a lot to be explored with ninja and i just i don't, I don't want to see like kadachi kadachi whatever anymore yeah. i want to yeah. see something really neat so yeah yeah i mean it would be cool if there was like who knows you know there could be like ninja's kind of about those like one just like on hit triggers, you know? So maybe there's like, you know, some sort of flames you're creating when attacks hit. And if you get so many tokens, then you get to play something out of the graveyard or, or something, you know, cause he's kind of more Phoenix traded. So mm-hmm. I agree that Ninja is the, for me, the most vanilla class that we have in the game and that we need a new one to really, spice it up you know and not spice it up in the way of like trying to pummel your open the center you know that's not what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah i agree i agree i I, you know (laughs) i i i I like the idea of the phoenix theme with with fi um what we haven't you know i haven't seen much except for what dromai is doing so and obviously whatever icelander has been doing so I think the biggest uh, mystery here is going to be five leading into the, the spoiler season. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And like, I'm also always excited about the weapons everybody gets, right? Like, are they just reprinting Kraken in this set? That seems weird, right? Or is she going to have yeah. a whole new staff? What's Dromai's weapon looking like? Maybe we get a two-handed weapon for a ninja that doesn't suck. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> well, she she's gonna have to have some kind of token uh, weapon, right? Which uh, Kraken's is a majestic. I think, yeah, right. So I think so. I have it right here somewhere. Oh, check. me too. It is. It's majestic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, it has to. There's there's no way they're gonna downgrade that, right? So that would be annoying to say the least (laughs) yeah and they don't really do stuff like that so no yeah it's uh i'm i'm pumped up just to get to draft way more because we we really love draft in the battle bro household so can't wait best way to play it's the best way to play totally and there's nothing like if you're over the current uh cc meta you know (laughs) 
Yeah, really, yeah. really will make you want to just get back to some some new drafting. <laughs> Wait, you guys don't like this meta we're in right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I do hope. Actually, now I'm really tied to the idea that Road to Nats is draft because we just haven't had a season where we had to compete for draft, but then all of a sudden for nationals, it was like dual format, you know. So, um, hopefully, they give us that chance because that would be cool because you can get mm-hmm. Elo now for how well you do at stuff so it's kind of important maybe what i really want is team draft um hell yeah to be uh start eking its way into some actual tournaments and you know that that sounds like so much fun but you know i see the pup back there (laughs) (laughs) yeah it wouldn't be in an episode of ours if there wasn't some sort of dog pet noise in the background she's being very patient i have to walk her after this (laughs) So, yeah, well, uh, anything else you gentlemen want to kind of talk about before we get into our signature segments, our final ones? Um, (laughs) No surprises here. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I'm good unless you guys have any more questions for me. You know, I'm just I'm here for the ride. Yeah, it's totally. I mean, I could I could chat all day about cardboard, but <laughs> <laughs> you got to right. wrap it up at some point. You got to wrap <laughs> it up. That's right. Okay, so on to signature segments. So, uh, Mr. Thomas Fresh, you, I believe, are familiar with our segment, Pick, Pass, Pray. It's a draft scenario. I'm going to give you three cards. You're going to pick one, pass one, and pray one comes back around. Can't wait. Okay, cool. So you get first choices here because you're the guest. So here are the three cards. First up, we have Evergreen. It's an earth attack action. This is the red one. So it costs three, pitches for one, attacks for seven, defends for two. And it reads, if Evergreen is played from Arsenal, put it on the bottom of your deck when the combat chain closes. Evergreen, everlasting. Old Arya proverb to endure <laughs> so just remember that if that flavor text there for the uh, next uh, surprise quiz got it <laughs> yeah so that's the first card second card is plume of evergrowth earth equipment headpiece defends for zero and reads instant pay three destroy plume of evergrowth return target earth action card or earth instant from your graveyard to your hand Okay. Third mm-hmm. and final card is Singeing Steel Blade. It's a Rune Blade attack action. It's the red one, so it pitches for one, costs one, defends for three, attacks for four, and reads when you attack with Singeing Steel Blade, deal one arcane damage to target hero. So, Tommy Fresh, which one are you going to pick? Pass and pray comes back around. Um, I think I think I'm on picking the the red evergreen here. Um, just because I think the upside on red evergreen is a little bit higher than the plume, and I don't want to go right into rune blade here, unless this is pack one, right? Sure. Yeah. Um. And I think, you know, the three for seven is good. That's actually a, a nice little 
callback to me and Isaac's episode on the podcast, just three for sevens. I think we said that multiple times, you know, just like those are good. And, and, um, I think, I think the evergreen is good enough. You know, I think the, the one less defense than the autumn's touches to be desired, but yeah, I think the evergreen I want to pick. And then at that point, Uh, I I want to pass the plume, and then I'm going to pray for the the steel blade on on the on the return swing. If I see that on the on the back, I'm on the back end. I'm I'm hopping into rune blade. I think awesome. So that's where I'm at. I like it. I like it. I like it quite a bit. All right, Isaac, where are you at, bro? This one's really close. But I'm going to pick the plume and I'm going to pray that the evergreen comes back around. I would love to pick the evergreen. Um, and it has like better recursion than plume does, but plume functions uh, more flexibly in your deck. Like you can be, use it to fetch something defensive, you know, um, an, Earth lore surge, all kinds of things. Um, so it can be a defensive or an offensive weapon. It can be anti fatigue like evergreen, um, albeit less so. But I think that just grabbing that headpiece um, first off is a good call. I'm kind of doubting my decision now as I think about this, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pray evergreen comes back around because that's a really, really powerful ability. Yeah, I could see the the plume going first here, but it, it's in my experience, I see them because once you know, I I see them on in pack two and pack three. I don't know if if you know that's that's a major bet, you know, in a draft, but you know, I think I just want to go power first, I guess, nice. and then you know, if it was a you know, if it was deep blue or anything like that. Different story, but yeah, I could see the plume going first. Though. I don't love it. It's just what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. That's a tough one. All right, Taylor, what do you got? Okay. So I am going to pick plume first. It's kind of the best headpiece we have, and it really fills a really cool role i think in a lot of decks it can really fix hands in briar so you can get the like non-attack zero cost non-attack you need so like uh um uh oh what is it what why can't i think of the where you fuse and it gets it gets better the earth one zero cost you can't fetch Bramble Spark. Nope. Because that's not, not that an Earth one. card. Not that one. Uh it's Weave Earth. Maybe... Yeah, Weave Earth. Weave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you can go get your Weave Earth. That's free. Uh to give you that non-attack action. Um <clears throat> if you're in Oldheim, it it gets you your uh Summerwood Shelters back or um, I've even had it sometimes even get my evergreen out of the graveyard 
or Autumn's Touch when you just have like four blues because you've drafted so many blues and gets you that red card you need to put on some pressure. Um, I mean, I guess you only need two blues at that point. Um, so I think it's just really good combo piece in a lot of decks. Just Earth decks is its only drawback. So I'm going to pick that. I am going to pass on Evergreen. Um, I think if I am running a deck that wants three for six, three for seven, I can fill that role with either my Guardian class cards or with Autumn's Touches that block for more. And if I need Earth cards, I can find those in uh, different ones. And then because of that, I'm praying that the Singeing comes back. Has that free arcane damage, but it's not so much of a finisher as just kind of a good tempo piece. So that's that's what I'm going with. All different and, picks. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Zero out of three points and no. <laughs> uh, the old switcheroo on you guys. Oh yeah, totally. Wait, whose podcast is this? <laughs> Totally. Um, Alrighty, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a hot pack. That was a good, good one. Um, moving on to our next signature segment is board game from the closet. Here at the Attack Action Podcast, we love to play many different games, not just flesh and blood. And sometimes we like to share one of those games with you, and hope you will appreciate it too. This episode's board game from the closet, or any game from the closet, really, is Tommy Fresh's. This one's exciting because I picked up this game at PAX Unplugged this past year. It's called Eschaton. It is by the studio. I think uh, they, they make a game called Nexus Infernum as well, but uh, I think it's an indie studio, and it's a really neat game. It's it's a deck-building game, almost a la like Dominion or Ascension, but you also get a map, and on the map, you have there's a phase where you're kind of putting out your your like little guys like you're you're trying to dominate territories and and what you're doing is you're trying to build up your deck and you know efficiently with the the cards in the shop and then also move your 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 little guys efficiently around the map and destroy other pe- your opponents like kind of dominance of these different territories and then also it's got this cool little rng kind of thing that goes on like each turn there's a new event and uh and then there's um you know have a random effect that will affect the whole round and then uh then there's also omens which kind of like give you like a mission to accomplish before the next omen is revealed and then you get like seven victory points which is really cool and basically the the theme of the game is you're you're building up cultists and uh, and in, you're you're trying to be the most influential cult before Armageddon, and have the cool. win the favor of of demons and deities and stuff like that. So the flavor is really cool. The gameplay is awesome, and uh, a, a lot of different uh, ways to play it. With like, there's one expansion that I did buy as well, which is really cool, and I recommend it to anybody who likes those kind of games. Nice. 
Yeah, yeah it sounds really <laughs> cool. I just looked at it too. It, it looks like it has a cool, like uh, dark gray aesthetic to it too. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. I'm gonna. I also looked it up as I was intrigued. I'm just gonna read this off. In the game of Eschaton, players seek to lead the most favored cult in the final days before Armageddon. As the world crumbles, the Dark One will favor only a single unholy mass to be his chosen in the vastness of eternity following the cataclysm. All others will be obliterated by his depraved will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal, man. <laughs> it's so much fun, honestly. I, I, I play it like nonstop ever since I got it and uh, yeah, yeah, sounds great. So, yeah, I don't know if you guys play anything like uh, you know along those lines, but it's, yeah, it's definitely... I really like deck builders for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just they're hard to get to the table sometimes because we play so many card games. I mean, I'm always down for more games of different cards, um, but other people in our friendship circles are like, meh, you know. So, uh, sounds really cool. <laughs> Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Sweet. Well, um, I think that's our show. (laughs) I want to thank you, Tommy Fresh, so much for coming on and hanging out with us. I've had a blast. We've actually been here for way longer than the runtime of the podcast, just kind of hanging out, too. Um, So, you know, for sure a bud. And, uh, you know, just uh, just a great dude. I really appreciate you. If you want to plug any of your social medias, now is the time. All right. Well, first of all, thank you both. Uh, You know, I I appreciate you both quite a bit. I I look up to you guys. I've, I've, I've enjoyed getting to know both of you ever since I've kind of gotten into this content space, the flesh and blood world. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's just cool. I mean, it, it, I've told both of you, I, I feel like that going, listening to your podcast is like hanging out with some friends, like a coffee shop, talking about some cardboard. And, you know, I, I'm on the podcast and it felt the exact same, like felt pretty at home with you guys. And that's awesome. And, you know, I, I think all of your listeners can tell as well. So I wanted to thank you and, and let you know. And uh, in terms of where the folks can find me out there uh, on Twitter at Fresh Buds Pod. You know, I'm pretty active on there. Uh, the YouTube, you can just search Fresh and Buds. And then the podcast, Fresh and Buds on, on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, the whole gambit. And uh, yeah, and I also have a Discord community if anybody's interested, you know, called the Buds that we kind of just hang out. And, you know, uh, sometimes we play games and sometimes we just post food pictures and 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 be like wow that looks good you know it's just like it's like it's uh it's it's fun but uh yeah yeah and uh yeah thank you guys cool we'll have a link to your uh, discord right it's like open to the public not mm-hmm. patreon it's, exclusive it's, i have a link tree in my twitter that has all the links and stuff okay cool we'll link your twitter then uh yeah tommy's really active on twitter i think basically every tweet i put up he he's the first to like it or top three people um he's just a pleasure on the social medias to interact with he's got them them good gifts <laughs> Big gift you know guy. what i'm saying <laughs> so uh yeah thank you again for all those kind words it's cool to be someone's uh role model 
and friend, you know, it's a great, great place to be. So really appreciate that. And you have to have me on the podcast again, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're circling back. We're going to circle back. Uh, cool. I think this summer, I mean, especially since we're going to have a lot of draft to talk about. I want both oh, of yeah. you guys, guys back on. So Sweet. it's going to be great. Sweet. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, that's our show. And uh, we'll see you all later. We appreciate you, the listener. And have a great time of day that you're currently having. (laughs) Goodbye. See ya. (laughs) Thank you for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at the Attack Action Podcast. On Twitter, we are at BattleBroTaylor and at BattleBroIsaac. Shoot us an email, the Attack Action Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.